You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. All right, what is up, everybody? How are we doing? We are coming to you again, and for the last time, from Bora Bora, which I'm very sad to report. We head back Just home tomorrow, yeah, but it has been an amazing trip. Thank you guys so much for joining us, uh, and we are about to get into it with some questions. Yeah. So, let's dive in. Forgive me, reaching for the tasty beverage here. No, go for it. All right, so let's just dive in. First question. So Joe Cross wrote into Impact Theory League and asked them, um, if you could ask Tom to help you with one thing, what question would you ask? So thank you, Joe, for starting that conversation. Yes, very cool. That's awesome. And what's up, everybody joining the feed right now? We see you, Paul Andrea. How you doing? Ah, Welcome. Andrea. Oh, wow. You're doing it in the Greek way, that's why. Okay. So, wait, am I being punished for the Greek way? Well, it's half, Eng- anyway, half English. But how, did, how does he say it? Andrea. Really? Yeah. Wow. All that's these years. That's my cousin, by the way, in case people What's are wondering up? what. And I mispronounced it. And Nicole! Wow. It's like. Elias in the yeah, house. shout out from England. What's up, Nick? Okay. So, back to this. Joe yep. Cross, thank you so much for starting that conversation. I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, and if you engaged. haven't already um, joined Impact Theory League, you should get absolutely up get up on it. And if this is bringing you value, please, please share, share it. That would be amazing. Our head, our head, is that what you think yeah. it is? Well? <laughs> in case people didn't know, he used to be my film school there teacher. There we go. Yeah. So, so um, you, know, you know all about that. Yeah. I, I talked. I was taught well. Nice. Lifetime of education right here. Yes, very true. So um, Andrew Kipley actually responded to Joe's question, and I really, really like this question. Thought like I think a lot of people struggle with this. So here we go. Something has been bothering me lately. IT produces a lot of great content that inspires me. Tom inspires me to work hard and never give up to get what I want, to achieve my dreams, to fulfill my goals, and to be the person I want to be. But the obstacle I find myself constantly running into is that I don't know what I want. And regarding the whole identity thing, I don't know who I am, who I want to be, and or who I should be. I've dealt a lot with mental health issues, as some of you know, so maybe it's just me. But then again, maybe it's not. I'm curious, does anyone else have trouble clarifying these goals and desires? I feel like if I knew exactly what I wanted, I'd work my ass off and just go get it. But I don't know. If I could ask Tom anything, I think I'd ask, how does one figure out what one's life mission is? I just feel lost sometimes. Impact Theory has given me the motivation and mindset to achieve my goals, but I don't know what my goals are. <laughs> so it is not just you. This is probably a variation on the question that I get asked the most, and it all boils down to the following. You don't discover who you are, you develop who you are. You don't discover your passion, you develop your passion. Like none of that stuff is handed to you at birth. And I think that's what people are expecting. Like they they think of it as like an archeological dig that they're gonna go inside, they're gonna like get some like little brushes and stuff and like sweep away the dirt and finally see like who they are. But at the end of the day, the way that it works and the reason that we wanna create the content that we wanna create is because the process is a building process. You decide who you want to become. It's literally a decision. Um, And to make that decision, I would say it's really about consuming content. Um, So going out, read books, um, find things that pique your interest. I won't say inspire because it doesn't even need to be that hardcore. Find things that pique your interest. Um, So I, I will just tell you that in many ways, my life is a reflection of that first book that captured my attention, which is ironically, because I'm finishing the series on this trip, uh, The Gunslinger by Stephen King, and the ethos of The Gunslinger, a guy who, wow, I am literally realizing this in real time. So you know my obsession with living by a code? Mm -hmm. The whole fucking series is about this guy that has a code that he lives by, and it dictates all of his actions, and he has to teach it to other people. (laughs) Whoa. So finding things, that is a little freaky. Was the book like that in the first one, or are you 100%. just realizing that now? I'm that just you're... realizing now, like, the depth of the similarities to the core of my existence. Uh, so be careful what you read. But, I mean, the, so really, like, I read this, I'm like 12 or 13, that concept resonated with me so much 
that little did I know that that planted a seed which has continued to bloom and blossom. And that's, I mean, when I really think about why I feel like I owe Stephen King such a debt of gratitude, like that's one of those things. Got to get Stephen King on the show. A hundred percent. So the, the point of that being that the reason that we want to create the content that we want to create is that is a process by which people build this notion, David Foster Wallace's notion of this is water, right? So we all construct our water. That belief system that is so ubiquitous, we don't even realize that it was constructed. And that's the terrifying part. People think that this is just the way that life is. Like, everybody should live by a code, right? And not doing the work to realize, that was actually a brick that I placed because I read this book and it resonated with me because up until that point, and sadly for a very long time after that, uh, like my code was so nebulous. like. And everybody needs that thing that allows them to make a decision. Do I do this? Yes or no, right? And so we talk a lot about mission. People get that, I think, like having your why, that big thing you're trying to do. But again, it's all going to crumble because they're going to say, but I don't know what my mission is. Right, I don't know what my exactly. why is. Yeah, so true. encountering a lot of content, encountering a lot of people that resonate with you, having mentors, people that you look up to. Um, this is why it usually starts with the parents and siblings. Is It's just naturally the people that you look up to because of proximity, they're older than you, um, and so that's where a lot of these foundational beliefs come from, and that's why people think that it's all solidified in childhood, which it's not, but those are the times where it happens seamlessly. You're literally a vacuum. That you don't have anything. Nature abhors a vacuum, so you take the belief systems that are just around you. They may not be wise, they may not be ones that help or serve you, so you encounter Nickelodeon cartoons, and I'm really becoming obsessed, by the way, literally on this trip. I don't know why I thought about it so much on this trip. We're going to have a massive kids division. That's going to be like a huge thing for us. It has to be. Um, I've so been gunning for that since uh, Quest. It's like, it's just like impacting. It's like I said them. to you yesterday. I can question you, but it's like the old saying, you can run, but you'll just die tired. <laughs> so I'll just start, whatever you say, I'm just going to start doing it right away so I don't have to you come around here, slowly. Heard ladies and gentlemen. Um, so... You're, you need to build those bricks. So whatever those are, it's going to start with an interest, something that piques your interest. You're going to begin to build it into a code that you live by, a mission that sits at the center of your existence, the framework by which you're going to build your identity. But it is a building process. It is you looking at things very simply and saying, do I want that to be a part of me, yes or no? And so everybody knows my obsession with identity. And it comes down to identity. So one of the pieces of my identity is everyone should live by a code. Like You should have a code. And it should be very, at least in your own mind, because I, oddly enough, I would have a relatively hard time like writing down. It's so, God, this is a weird way to explain it, but it's the image that comes to my mind. So for, in fact, here's much better. It's like the root system of a tree. Like when you really get under a tree and look at all the roots and how they're so intertwined with the soil and that there's really almost no difference and that's what gives it its stability, it's so like branching and intertwined with everything that it's, it is very difficult, for me anyway, to put words around all the things that I believe. I could give you like the few sort of major offshoots, like the 25 bullet points, which are essentially the core of my code, but then giving you all the tendrils, that gets a little more difficult. But that's what you have to build. You're, you're constructing very consciously that root system, but it is a building process. And once people realize you're actively doing something, you're making choices, you're building, stacking bricks, like that, that is the process. All right, it's so not uncovering. So I'm assuming you're sitting here right now watching, what are the tactical steps let's say five in yeah. order that he would actually need to do to figure that out. Like, would he write things down? All the things I love doing, then going through and going, does this, like, what's my- Probably not, like, like, like there's, the there's um, uh, uh, even I am weirded out sometimes by my own mind. <laughs> there's, there's a sexual excitement to this. And just like I wouldn't approach sex with, uh, do you remember the friend saying, one, two, uh, three, four? Yeah. Like, it, that's here's a, the thing. It's, it's a funny joke. It's true, though. It's true, though. So why, why it's, it's is really that? Not. Look, if you need that as the starting exactly, point, fine. That's the but thing. But like, you don't, you don't want to be in a dance competition going one, two, three, hundred percent. But you one, always two, start three. there, right? Fair. Amateurs Fair. always start there. Fair. All right. So Perfect. What is your starting? point? I'll stop running so I don't have to <laughs> die tired. Uh, I mean, the starting point is what I was saying. So you want to consume a bunch of content. Okay. And that content can be, and ideally, quite frankly, is in the form of mentors, people that you can look up to, um, people that 
are the idealized version or as close as you're going to get. Look, everybody is human, but somebody that is living some approximation of your idealized life. So he seems to be doing that with empathy in regards to consuming all our content. And it, he's really open to But we're learning. failing him massively. Why are we failing him? Because we don't put out any traditional narrative content. And you, when you want to start talking about getting to the sex appeal of the thing, like that, this is, and thank you for the metaphor, this is the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right? All this talking. It's very immediate, which is wonderful, and it's so awesome for a beginner, but it, we are not tapping into emotion. And that you can sort of feel us groping for that, by the way, if you're watching the impact quotes. That's mm -hmm. me trying to go, I, I need there to be emotion in some of this. I need it to like catch you. I need it to give you the chills in a way that the, the more manually stuff, and I mean like a instruction manual stuff that we do when it's all verbal. But I don't think this gets into people's subconscious until we give them characters that they can admire and, and really internalize. Okay, so we're failing him. So once we do more content or go out and, and look. So now here's the scary part. The reason that our studio needs to exist is there's nobody that has, they only make empowering content, but they do it in the traditional narrative format, which to me is shorthand for emotionally impactful, memorable. It like gets into the culture and carries on. So there's no one that's doing that where I could say, go watch their stuff, it's always on the money. Right, so like, right. I could never tell you, oh, go read Stephen King. It's right, not always on the right, money, right. right? There's nobody that I can point you to and say, and that's why identify the hole in the market, mm -hmm. fill it, right? I mean, that's like, yeah, exactly what we're doing. So I we are failing him. But anyway, content. you want to consume content. You want to start figuring out what your code is. You want mentors, digital or in reality. Just who draws, who you're drawn to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I would say that the ultimate, and, and this is like my answer to what would you do if a magic genie showed up and gave you one wish, mm -hmm. like to me, there's one sort of core principle that you should look to in anybody that you decide that you're going to follow, look up to, whatever, and that is, do they empower you? Okay. And if they do, awesome, and if they don't, absolutely 100% go in the opposite direction. And that, unfortunately, captures a lot of people's parents, because most people, their parents, will take them to a certain point if they're really good and then not be able to take them any farther. And that's like the really good ones. And then most people sort of fall shy of that. And then you've got people in damaging relationships with their families. And so it's just, you have to find somebody beyond that sort of immediate circle that you were handed and really find something great. Building all that, this is so, like I'm, I don't know if this is freaking me out so much because I happen to be reading the book right now, but all these concepts that Stephen King talks about in his book, this whole notion of katet, which is like the group of people that you put together that are like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, but he's got a much cooler way of talking about it, which is katet, anyway. So look around you, who you're with, who you're spending your time with, okay? Then how do you then get like even deeper with that? like? with the little things of like what you enjoy versus like what's a hobby versus what you're truly passionate about to give dedicate your life to well again that's it's something that you're going to build but it's a question of do you want to build it so going back now to more manually stuff you want to go read instruction manually stuff i should say that mm. read the 25 books in order that I've put, they are to me what you have to do to your mindset to understand like what bricks make sense. Also, those books contain a ton of the bricks that you're gonna need to really build a strong foundation on. Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, talks a lot about, because it's the process of gaining mastery in an area that you're interested in mm -hmm. that will reveal to you whether it's something that you wanna do or not. Ooh, but that here's good. That's all Angela Duckworth. Now, here's the, actually, that's a mashup of Angela Duckworth and Cal Newport, in fairness. Um, you, the, the real trick in there is you have to figure out, am I lazy or do I really not care about this? And that, that's why, like, one of the things that I think I want to be a gift that I give to people, because I have never heard anybody talk about this, and I will tell you right now that the hardest thing to overcome is an entrepreneur's boredom. That's it. Like, it actually isn't fear. And people, that's why people don't start. But starting, like, starting isn't the thing that scares me. And sort of the initial filter that, like, weeds a lot of people out, no question. But then why do whatever the just absurd amount of businesses fail? 
they don't have the skills. Okay, but why don't they have the skills, right? Get to the root of the problem. They don't have the skills because they, they couldn't fucking push through all the boring shit. Like they couldn't when it just sucked and it was lame and it was boring and they wanted to go party with their friends, right? Like when I, the number of people that I hear that say I sold my 20s to be successful, mm-hmm. I'll just tell you right now, 100%. I sold my 20s and most of my 30s to be successful. It, it, somebody wrote to me in DM and was like, I've been doing this for almost a year. My friends are having fun and they've got better jobs and like my life sucks. Like, what do I do? And I was like, quit. And I didn't say that. But basically, quit because, dude, I did this for like 16 years mm-hmm. before I had any sort of success. So if you're not, it, like, push beyond what anybody thinks is reasonable. Like, until people are like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, you're selling your entire life. What are you doing? Like, you just haven't even begun. And don't you think trial and error? Like, but that so that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, is it that I'm lazy? Because the trial and error is. I think I like it. No, I don't. I think I like it. No, I don't. But right. here's the problem: the no, I don't mm-hmm. is almost certainly because it's too boredom. tough. It's hard. It doesn't make you feel good about yourself. It's boring. Like all of those things. Because here, and this is another one which may actually be worse than boredom. Because you suck at it, because you're awkward, it makes you feel bad about yourself. And now you really stop. Because you want to do something that makes you feel good. The only things that make you feel good are the things you're already good at. Your skill set's already taken you as far as it's going to take right. you. So if you like go back to the things you're already wow. good at, then and that's why like I hackle, like I get what people are saying, play to your strengths. It's a very powerful technique. But don't state like, here's what I'm already good at. Right. You've got to go, I get like magnified winds. There's a force multiplier for me from my natural wiring here, but you still, like the the amount of energy and time to get better that you still have to put in that is in the fucking extreme. Like you've gotta go so hard. It's still gonna be all the same things. You've gotta push to where, yes, you may have a force multiplier in this area, but you've gotta get to the part where you're a stumbling awkward buffoon and then get good at that. And then push yourself to, again, where you're a stumbling awkward buffoon and push yourself again. Like that's, that process. And I am so terrified that in the trial and error process that you're talking about, people give up because it's not fun right. anymore. But the vast majority of the stuff isn't going to be fun. Like by its nature. Like that's what you have to be willing to fight through. And here's here ready? There's no magic answer. There's nothing that you love so much that you're gonna think, oh my God, like this. There there are people who are like that, but I actually think that they have like deficiencies that will manifest in other ways. So let's talk about Kim Peek, the guy that they base Rain Man on. He did not have a corpus callosum, so the two halves of his brain couldn't communicate. He he could not function as an adult by himself. But he was somebody that could just laser focus, like this is what I'm meant to do. Like he could memorize two different books at the same time. At the same time. Can you read two different pages? Yes. Like at we, the same time, because I mean, it's a whole thing. We could really spiral off into the corpus callosum and like how fascinating it is that what your brain is actually doing is shutting off regions, not lighting them up. But anyway, I just don't think most people are like that. I think you pick something and run with it. And I think that there are definitely things that like call to you more than others, like filmmaking. But I've spent the last, I mean, however many years, not doing film, and have at times hated my life and at times loved it, and the neither the love nor the hate had anything to do with film. It had way more to do with, did I control my life? Was I pursuing something that made me feel like I was coming alive? But it, like, I loved what I was doing at Quest. Loved. And it had nothing, uh, for the vast majority of the time, had nothing to do with filmmaking. So I think that people, again, they're expecting like this love. Our love is not something that just feels good always mm-hmm. and forever. It's something right. that we work at, and when it sucks, like you, you do the work to go, okay, what's happening to me emotionally that makes this suck? I can feel myself, I'll just keep going on this, we should probably. I know, we've got so many questions, but yeah. I really love this topic, we can keep going down it. I mean, it's, it's literally a book. It's sort of the book. Um, Escape yeah. Matrix. Okay, so, um, lots of questions, don't know which one picks, I'm just gonna go down the list. Yep. Um, thanks for doing this. This is from Chris Welch. Thanks for doing this. What brick do you think people in the IT community will need most that you haven't mentioned yet? The, so that style of question is, it, so my wife and I keep lists of questions to ask when we're hanging out together, which is actually really fun. I highly encourage it. Yeah. Um, when you ask a question like that, I've tr- 
there's not like some. Oh, I'm holding on to that you one. You think that one thing just you're trying like yet. everything that like I get like I'm trying to put out there. So yeah. there isn't anything that I'm holding on to. Um, so yeah, it and I will inevitably give the 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 main brick is really what you're going to gravitate back to. Um, what is the main brick? I'll tell you what my gut is telling me right now, and it's self-esteem. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people overlook. You have to make yourself anti-fragile. Like, you have to build your self-esteem around mm. something that empowers. And in our culture, we've all said that, like, pride is bad. No, it's not. Like, you need to be proud of yourself. You need to feel good about who you are. You need to understand it's a game of brain chemistry. You need to build it around something anti-fragile. Something that's anti-fragile is not something that's strong or tough, because those things are still defined by their breaking point. It's something that truly, the more you attack it, the stronger it gets. So the easiest way to explain that is don't pride yourself on being smart or being right. Pride yourself on identifying the right answer, always being willing to mm -hmm. admit that you're wrong. Okay? Being the learner, that's, that's probably like the universal identity everyone should have. And yet it, it's one of the most difficult identities to adopt. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, this question is from Peter Staples. Thanks, Tom and Lisa. Carrying on from your talk, from you talking about um, about now regarding finding your why and trying new things. To you don't find it. You don't oh. find it. This and this is like, you don't find Discovering? it. Discovering. You develop. Okay. You don't discover your why. You develop it. You pull that shit out of thin air. Now here's where it gets ever so slightly confusing, is that it does start with something that you find interesting. And that you didn't create. Like you don't decide to find something interesting. Something either piques your curiosity or it doesn't. But you have to be open to letting things pique your curiosity. For though. sure. Like I'll give you an example. In the book, The Gunslinger, in the series The Dark Tower, of which The Gunslinger is the first, they talk about this whole thing called a beam quake. If you haven't read it, it's not going to make sense. I'm not okay. even going to try to explain it. But that's, you're not going to have a beam quake moment where it's like, like, I didn't read The Gunslinger, and it was a bean quake. I read it and thought, oh, that's fun. Like, I want to read the next page. That's all I'll give it. Like, through the whole book, I kept saying, I want to read the next page. That was it. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is changing my life. 
it was just like, whoa, that was actually fun. I liked having the book next to my bed. I would read for a few minutes before I went to sleep. I didn't think, oh, this is planting a seed that like 30 years later, I'm gonna have this weird realization live on camera, just how deeply it planted mm -hmm. something in me. Yeah. But I wanted to read the next page. And, and intuition whispers, it doesn't shout, okay? So like you just get these little like- I like that. That's a good quote, quote card. Yay. So people are w looking for like some beam quake yeah. moment. It doesn't happen like that. Follow interests. That's it. Yeah, and, and have the have the discipline to like to actively follow your interests. For instance, be honest. When was the last time that you were like sitting there and you had a minute, two minutes to kill? What did you do? You grabbed your phone. Yeah. And you went to something like Reddit. Now, I use Reddit the way that I eat candy. It's total fluff, it's fun, it's um, because I haven't curated it in fairness and I know there's some people out there right now having a seizure. If you highly curate your Reddit, it could be amazing. Right. But that's what I do with Flipboard. So I curate my Flipboard. So Flipboard's where I go if I want to educate myself. Reddit's where I go if I just want a little mental candy. Right. So. Most people just go candy, 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 all day, all day, all right. day, all day. They're not thinking like force yourself to curate your thing around interests that could ultimately empower you or become a mission or whatever. They don't do that. And so taking, this is one of the reasons that I think meditation, and by the way, I think thinkitation is way more important than meditation, but meditation has to come first. That's the only catch. Because if you can't get out of fight or flight, like it will have knock-on damaging effects. But like to me, that layer of meditation is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like eating, right? You have to, or you die. So you have to do the baseline meditation to really be in a good space mentally. But the power of meditation to me is getting in an alpha wave state that you can then turn into thinkitation. Because that's what people need to do. They need to take those little moments and carve out big moments to really silence nothing going on, forces them to look inward, and they start to tease out those little answers. And here's where, here's where I think people really get fucked up with finding something that they could turn into a passion, a mission, whatever, they judge themselves. Mm. And one of the things, love or hate Gary Vee, one of the things, you can watch that episode with me and Gary Vee, because I realize in real time, his superpower is not what anybody's talking about. His superpower is he doesn't judge himself. Yeah. And I was like, God, is that, I, and I remember having that thought, and so I was like, God, like, e even more, like, and I think I'm pretty good at not judging myself, even more than me, like, when he was talking about just demolishing his kids at, like, living room basketball, and they were, like, weeping and crying, and he was like, I'm so not proud of this, but you could tell, like, he didn't pass judgment on himself. He was How willing to talk about it. Like, if you're, you find yourself judging yourself, are there certain things you tell yourself? I, I like, have one strategy yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. Does it move me towards my goals or not? Do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. That is like the epicenter around which everything in my belief system revolves. So would you is say that could that. also be your main brick? Yeah, 100%. Well said. That is the main brick. Yeah. Do and believe that which moves you towards your goals, period. Now you have to be very careful sure. what your goals are. But yes, that is the, the ultimate filtration for me. Hmm. I really found... Um, just keeping yourself open to things. And one thing that I've told myself recently um, is to always reply when someone says, oh, let's do this, or what do you think about this? I'll be like, let's give it a shot, like with snorkeling. So for whatever reason, we've, we've been snorkeling, and it's hit me so hard. Like I've tried meditating, I've tried your techniques, and it just doesn't work. Like I can't get out of my own head. But when we went snorkeling, like it's the way that all I can hear is my breathing, and that everything else is shut off. And so yesterday we went snorkeling and we were like around all these incredible fish. And I just thought like if I had said no out of you know fear of sharks, which we saw two sharks the other day, but like all these things, like if I just shut myself off, I wouldn't have experienced that one thing that then allowed me to go, wow, there's a whole world out there that I just haven't experienced mm. yet. Kind of leaving yourself open to just always trying things. Super critical. Super critical. But this poor guy didn't actually get to read his question because we got hung up on finding your why. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So um, let's say discovering actually, your no, why. That's powerful. Important. Yeah. <laughs> um, carrying discovering on from that, why. yeah. Trying new things to discover your passion. When trying to acquire skills, what's your view on going into employment to attain those skills as often I, f as often I feel selfish 
as all I want to do is learn what I need and then more on, move on. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Oh, that's super powerful. I, I would, Jesus, to have an army of people that fell into that category. And for me, and I know this is not universal, but as an employer, mm. I'm begging you, if you want to come in, there's something specific that you want to learn, and you're like, hey, I'm going to give you two years or whatever. Fantastic. Now we can have an amazingly powerful relationship because I know what you want and I can help you get that. Like I would rather have somebody for two years insanely engaged in what we're doing because I know what they want. It's something I can offer them. And now it's like we everybody knows what's up. And also I think it's a fun game. I now have two years to be so empowering in that person's life that they don't want to leave. Right? And that was always what I told people at Quest. Like, this isn't where you come to hide what your grand ambition is, right? This, hey, talk about it openly. Maybe people can help you. But make no fucking mistake. You have to pay your tuition first. And your tuition is to be really fucking good at your job. So you've got a job. Get it done. Crush it. But, like, if there are other things you want to learn, you want to get involved with, and they actually help the business, that's amazing. So, yeah, align your selfish desires with your employer. I think your employer is a dumbass if they don't, get that if they don't understand how powerful that is that's really fucking stupid now that doesn't mean that there isn't a universe of really stupid people out there running businesses in really stupid ways like hey but i think that that makes a ton of sense and would i do it if i couldn't be honest with them and i was only going in for two years but i knew they didn't want to hear that a hundred percent one hundred do it absolutely so do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. If I need to go there and learn mm -hmm. something, and I know, first of all, I know in any organization you put me in, I'll be linchpin, and I will take that company over. By the time I leave, like I will have been moving up, 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 just simple as. Um, so yeah, that, that to me is, is mm -hmm. super smart. I, I think, in fact, Will said it, didn't he say it live on camera? Will Vu, our uh, intern? Say he said, um, I thought it was smarter to spend um, Tom, he said Tom's money, but yours as well. Uh, I thought it was better to spend Tom's money than to spend my own trying to learn this. And I thought, Will, that's incredibly yeah. smart. He certainly said it to my face if it wasn't on camera. And I think that's almost like with interns, there's a clear line in my head. It's like they want to learn. You want someone that's super passionate, so your selfish desires really align. Right. It's like once you put money in it, it's like, are they just doing it because... I mean, for the paycheck, which, yes, I get that. Um, if we, you know, money is very powerful, and you've spoken very eloquently about that, but it kind of messes things up sometimes because people are there for the paycheck, not because they actually want to learn or be there or passionate for the company. Yeah, so, I mean, that's to, like, that quote that you threw out that I actually disagree with, but um, we should talk about it. What was your quote? Um, so Cassie Ho um, is my co-host on the Sheroak podcast. She the amazing Sheroak podcast. Yeah, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe on iTunes. Um, and she and review. It's good. Oh, yeah, please review, guys. That would be awesome. That would be very meaningful. Thank you. Sheroak podcast. Yeah. Um, she posted about pay, uh, like basically something about a paycheck and not to follow the paycheck. And so I responded, a paycheck is like handcuffs to your soul. Um, you actually disagreed a little, so that's actually really interesting, which we can talk about, but um, I just think it traps people. And so when we started to go into Quest, like we literally cut your paycheck in a third. We were like, we're not gonna be beholden to your paycheck. So what does this mean? Does this mean we have to sell the house? Does this mean we have to cut back on our expenses? We gave up, our, um, we had two cars, one was really nice, one was kind of a falling apart car. We gave away the nice car, kept the falling apart car, we never ate out. We collected coupons. I mean, like, we just adjusted to our lifestyle because we didn't want to be beholden to a paycheck. Um, and everyone thought we were crazy. You had a really good job, really well paid. You'd worked your way up in the company. You'd, you know, all these things that people, other people thought we were nuts. But it's like we just said, we're not going to be beholden to a paycheck. And I feel like so many people, when you see they're unhappy in their job, it's like, why are you there? Well, I've got to pay my bills. Then change how your bills are, you know, like, then stop with your phone. Like, change your plan. Change, you know, your, your cell, phone plan. cell phone plan. Change, like, who needs cable? Forget it. Use your Wi-Fi and watch YouTube. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do, but people hold so, like, strong to the paycheck thing that I think that it's difficult for them to let go and then just really embrace their passion. It was very crafty of you, by the way. What was? To go from 
paychecks are handcuffs on your soul to don't be beholden to a paycheck, which I agree with vehemently. Don't be beholden to a paycheck. Right. What but I'm I see saying, those as two, one and the same. And I get it. And look, it's and that's why. So, in fairness, the way the discussion went, you threw that out, and I didn't say anything. And you were like, "Well, I can tell you agree." And so then I was like, "Look, my my beef with that is I can feel society going in this direction of like I shouldn't have to fucking have a job, like I shouldn't have to work for right, a paycheck." That's very different. And that that to me is like a fundamental misunderstanding of the human condition and economics. So it's like, that just freaks me out because I know that it will move people away from their goals. So yes, I hackle aggressively at notions like that. A paycheck is not handcuffs on your soul. Let me tell you what a paycheck is. A paycheck, if you make the demand that you make a living doing something that you enjoy that makes you feel like you're coming alive, it's a you can get paid to do that. Getting paid is the way the world works. Sure. So you're not going to escape that. Sure. You like impact theory has to become a profitable endeavor, otherwise it will cease to exist. Right. Okay, let's all be real fucking clear about yeah, that. We've given ourselves a timeline. Hundred percent. So you you have to be earning a living. Somehow, some way. Sure. Everything ultimately translates right. into a currency that you can exchange. Now, if you're exchanging chickens and goats, great. But at the end of the day, it turns into something that you can exchange for other things. Unless you're going to be totally self-sufficient, which is the least efficient strategy ever. It's just absurd. Mm -hmm. So I cannot get behind that. Um, and I think that if we were in a post-apocalyptic world, I think the thing you would see, in fact, read The Stand while we're talking about Stephen King. Like the world just re-coalesces around society as we know it because it's people trying to be more efficient with their time. So so what if I put your current paycheck? Because I agree, you do need I the I love money, your statement, don't be beholden to your paycheck. But it's not as sexy as... Right. But that's the thing, right, is that if we were like, well, we have to keep this money coming in because now we've adjusted our lifestyle to this figure... So we can't change, like we need the paycheck, but really it's like, we'll just change your lifestyle. You're still getting a paycheck. Yeah, you're making really, really important points. And so I don't want to get hung up on that I didn't like that verbiage because right. your point is so critical. Change your lifestyle, which I, I don't think people go to, um, which is really crazy to me. Like scaling back your lifestyle embarrasses people. And I am so proud that it didn't embarrass us. No. It did a little bit, but I actually liked it. So I remember my... Didn't, didn't you find it empowering? It, yes. Like, yeah, I'm driving a crappy car because we're going to kill it and we're going to do this and we're going to... Yes, I would be lying if I didn't say that what really was empowering was I was embarrassed and willing to do it anyway. That's what mm. empowered me. Mm. It's like people when they say, oh, you should fall in love with the gym. Well, what I find empowering is that I hate it and I still do it. It would actually be less empowering if I just loved it and did it anyway. Um, so... I remember my partners and I had won an award. This is back at Awareness Technologies. Oh, I love We'd this won story. an award. We were the 42nd fastest growing technology company in North America. And we went to collect, but we had already started Quest. So I'd already gotten rid of mm -hmm. the nice car. And so we only had the beater piece of shit. And I don't remember why we were in my car. I think, I think my partner had gotten in an accident or something. And so he didn't have... His car, that's exactly what it was. It was when he'd gotten in the accident, so he didn't have his car. I only had yeah, the bad right. car. And so we went to this award ceremony to collect the award. And there was a hole in the exhaust and we couldn't afford yeah. to fix it. So, so it's like, like <laughs> everybody's leaving. We're holding, I can't remember if we had an award, but let's pretend <laughs> that it was physical. I can't remember if it actually was. But, so there we are, like holding our award. We've, we have gone up to like be acknowledged. And it's like Maserati, Porsche. Mercedes, <laughs> this like beat up Ford Focus. It was amazing. Like, it was like really dirty because oh, you were like, filthy. I'm not wasting money on yeah, cleaning yeah. it. Didn't wash it. Yeah. It I was the money on cleaning it. Uh, amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. And it was super embarrassing. Yeah. But I remember thinking like, this is, I didn't have these words obviously, but this is a cookie in the cookie jar. Yeah. Right. So this will be one of those things. Explain what that things. means. People so David Goggins, if you haven't already seen this episode, Jesus, check it out. But uh, David Goggins talks about all those things that you do in life that are really hard. And when you make it through those, those are things you get to put in the cookie jar. And when you hit a tough time, you can pull them back out. And it's something to remind you of who you are and what you've already accomplished. Yeah. So for you, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Mundo. Um, all right. Next question. Sorry. This is from Susie Doll. Thanks, Susie, for the question. 
Um, hey Tom, if you have multiple things that pique your curiosity, how do you focus on one? So that all comes down to what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? What's the grand mission of your life that you have built, not discovered? You've turned it into something. And that's really why it's important to say, to say, like, this is my mission, right? So at Quest, it was we were going to end metabolic disease. With impact, they were going to pull people out of the matrix. So it's like, is this actually going to help pull people out of the matrix or not? Like, there are so many stories that I find fascinating. I want to tell them. I'm so excited. But they don't help pull people out of the matrix. And therefore, they will never be told by me. Not under the impact theory brand, for sure. So that is ultimately that you have to like say state it write it down like this is what i'm going to do this is my filter and so that becomes your yes and no mechanism and i'll even give you a harder example i love reading fiction i mm -hmm. love reading fiction can it, i say it's so I, cute when you like put your bookmark in and you close the book and you see how much you've the read progress yeah and that's the other thing. I like the physical books, and it's the only time that I read a physical book is when I'm reading fiction because mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily trying to blaze through the story. I'm trying to really enjoy it, but I do like that sense of progress. Anyway, so that I only allow myself to read fiction on vacation because the rest of the time I feel like I could be learning a very tacti tactical, useful skill and so I just don't let myself. Now, that may change as we become like a full-fledged studio off to think, but that'll come down to what's moving me towards my goals. So at the end of the day, knowing what your mission is, knowing what's moving you towards your goals, and doing the things based on that. So it isn't that I don't have interests. I have a lot of interests. I have a lot of passions, mm -hmm. let alone things that I'm just interested in. So that... In fact, we had that discussion yesterday up. about movies remind me that basically it's like I don't get enough time to watch movies yeah. because it's not pushing the company forward and then we we're like well if to be a studio we actually need you know because that's part of you enjoy it so much you almost feel a little guilty it. you distrust it yeah mm. so just having that like is it moving me towards my goals you think would allows people to go even though I distrust it it's actually the right move yeah and, and that gets hard like the more that you have a, a code that you're living by mm. that demands things of you it does get to a slightly messy point when you're super goal oriented, when you're really ambitious, when you're really something. You, like if you're trying to play in a world stage, because I'll just say, I'm trying to play in a world stage. Mm -hmm. um, it it does get hard sometimes to know like what emotion, what instinct you can trust. But I mean that's like super advanced class stuff. Don't worry about that right now today. All right, next question. This is from Adrian Jamey. Hi from France. Bonjour. France? Wow. I know that was respect. <laughs> um, all right. So, oh no, that's not French. <laughs> that's Tahitian. <laughs> We've been learning a lot of like Tahitian, like the hellos and the. Would we say a lot, or would we say two phrases? <laughs> two phrases. Like precisely two phrases, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a um, lot. All right. So, hi from France. Fiction and story are great powers that you are intending to harness. You read a lot. Since you want to build and shape stories, why do you prefer reading nonfiction versus fiction? I, I just answered that. Yeah, all it's right. a great question, but it, it's just <clears throat> choking and dying. It's uh, it's it really comes down to what do I think is more important, even for the studio. And right now, for the studio, there are other things that are more important especially because it's so usable in this content mm. which is how we're going to build the community um so yeah that's why more useful tom you recently so this is the next question from brian rotkamp tom you recently posted that happiness should not be left to chance mm. and is a result of intention can you elaborate yeah so happiness is brain chemistry and that's true whether you're talking about like fundamental fulfillment or what I call framework happiness or momentary happiness. Both of them are brain chemistry states. And so understanding that, understanding that these are things that are within your control, um, don't literally don't leave them to chance, which is what most people do. They're living their life sort of by the rule of accident. And it's like they wake up and let's see what happens today. And they go to work. And if something good happens and they feel good, if something bad happens and they feel bad. Um, but understanding that you can overcome that even with really simple stuff like um, the whole pencil in the mouth trick, forcing yourself to laugh out loud. And the, the pencil in the mouth thing was a study they did where they had people hold a pencil in their mouth which force them into a rough smile and then rate their levels of happiness, which they rated higher than they would do than the control group who didn't do it, um, who just rated it without a pencil in their mouth. So I mean, it's like little things like that show just how malleable your 
chemistry states are. And that to me is just also like transcending the, the much more um, ephemeral, accidental things of momentary happiness and getting into framework happiness, understanding like, okay, here's a human animal. What are the things that are going to give them a deep sense of fulfillment? It's, while not universal, wow, it's really close. So techni is a huge part of universal, like, um, sense of progress and feeling better and real deep lasting fulfillment. So making sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to get that, like that doesn't happen by accident. So um, gaining a skill, serving other people, like those are two having meaning in what you do. Those are things that really build towards fulfillment, but they are all things that you have control over. They're all things you have to take action towards every day. They're all things that are actually pretty difficult and force you to create momentum in your own life. So yeah, don't just show up and hope that you feel a deep and lasting sense of fulfillment. It's never going to happen. Cool. All right, we can take a hard right because some people have been asking some fitness questions. All right, let's do it. Love me a hard um, right. You love yourself a hard right. Um, all right, so in fact, let's do some shout outs first from Rain Plasner in Germany. What's up, Germany? From Germany. Ada Lipsky in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Charlie Briley in Louisiana. Charlie Briley? Yes, right. Charlie Briley in like Louisiana. It. Andre um, Fiorino in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, that's what cool. Is up, everybody. Welcome to the feed. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we are live from Bora Bora right now, um, hence the slightly unexpected background. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining true. us, and we will be back soon. Um, all right, so this comment is from Andrew Aguilar. Tom, that diet is working. I can see it in your face, man. Well, I think that might be more of a lighting thing. And <laughs> And the 10, but maybe. But no, you've actually said the carbs have been reacting well to your body. Yeah, I mean, let's be very careful throwing a statement like that around. Um, what I said was, so there is a calculus to physique, and there is a, um, what I call blunt force trauma. So just like really simple. So if you said, hey, I really want to lose weight, and I don't want to deal with the calculus, what should I do? The answer is very simple. Cut out sugar, cut out carbohydrates. Um, if you want to get a little more complicated for brief periods, I wouldn't stay in it forever, but um, you can punctuate with ketogenics, which is certainly what I use when I really want to lose fat rapidly and painlessly. That's probably the most important part. Ketogenics makes it very easy to mm. lose fat without pain. Um, but on vacation, I've taken a very different strategy this time than I've ever done in the past where normally I come and I don't work out. And if I work out, it's like once or twice. And this time, for whatever reason, it actually sounded interesting to me to work out more so that I could do what Yemeni refers to as earning my food. You can follow him on Instagram. I don't know if he's active anywhere else, but keto underscore head. Uh, so keto head underscore in the middle. Um, he talks about earning your food. And I love that notion. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to earn my food this vacation because I thought I would enjoy it more. And so the first day I was about to, I was walking to the gym and I thought, you know what, I'm walking to the gym, let me just walk fast. And then I was walking fast and I thought, like I actually had an impulse inside me to run, like it sounded nice. Now I haven't run in a very long time. I started running and it was actually really fun. And at first it was just physically fun, like my body was like, whoa, this is like, you're using it in a way that you don't normally use it. So I actually really enjoyed it in and of itself. Then, now that rapidly wore off, I don't wanna lie. And then it started to hurt, but it was fun in the sense of, I haven't pushed myself like this in a while and I actually really want to push myself. So I kept running, 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 running and I ran quite far, much farther than I expected to and I felt really good about myself. I was like, wow, that was awesome. And then I felt good about the food and I noticed I'm actually holding my leanness. And so normally on vacation, literally after the first day, like any sense of like wanting to take my shirt off is at a zero. And this, I was like, hey, like I, I'm actually holding my leanness, this is fun and I'm still eating, I don't know that I was eating more than I would normally eat, but I was eating like big meals at the end of the day, which then I was super satiated, it was wonderful. 
And then, I don't remember if it was day two or day three, but we went out, we had sushi, and I woke up the next day and my muscles, because I was going to the gym every day in addition to running, and I was like, whoa, my muscles feel really hard, I look much more pumped, and it's like, this is not a mystery. So anybody that mm. works out a lot, they will know that there is a time to do carbs, but because I normally am just all blunt force trauma, I don't do the calculus of lifting. I just, it had been a long time since my muscles had felt like really hard and full, and that was fun, and so it made me, want to do a little bit more of the calculus, I think is the honest truth. So when I go back, I'll probably start reintroducing once or twice a week, a little post-workout carb, or maybe even, because um, this goes into what I'm learning about the microbiome and just wanting a much more diverse diet, but admittedly, I'm trying to check myself, is this just me wanting to eat more sushi, or is this actually something that's gonna be useful? Um, but I could see doing like a, a Saturday sushi run or something and totally actually wanting the carbs and knowing that it would make me feel more full, but maybe that comes with like either working out on a Saturday or working out on a Sunday anyway, just sort of jigging that around with that notion of really earning my food, but also seeing, like I was able to intake a lot more carb than I would have thought before I started putting on fat. Now I've started putting on fat or certainly water weight um, over the last couple days because it was like I I put it off for a while, a while, a while, but I was sort of outpacing a little bit what I was doing from a workout perspective. So now I'm sort of where I would normally be on a vacation sort of day two or three, but we're almost at the tail end. So it's really been sort of eye-opening and fascinating. I haven't put my final verdict on whether working out as much as I've worked out on vacation is something I would repeat or if it just like happened to catch me in the mood or do you find though that like just having kind of mental challenges even on vacation has like you enjoy that I did surprisingly because normally I don't normally that holds no fascination no interest for me whatsoever and when I'm on vacation like I want to be on vacation I don't want to work out but that comes from a place of resentment which is weird because it's all decisions I'm making but one of the things that I use is self-guilt and self-shame I just hey keep it real with you um, that's I use that so and I think it's very powerful in my whole 80-20 rule mm. um, so and I haven't felt that this time it actually came from a place of wanting to do something but when I catch myself here in this little screen and, and I look super gaunt um, it's the lighting. I think you look good. It's very kind. Um, all right, so next question. Yeah. Um, this is from Aboud Achji. I'm sorry, I'm sure I butchered that name. Um, what's your take on that? That one's not easy though, in fairness. Yeah. What's your take on the goals have to be personal traits? Goals have to be personal traits? Yeah. Um, I don't understand that. I will say that goals don't need to be, goals aren't traits. Mm. Start with that. Um, so the only thing I could think is that they're talking about goals being tied to um, things you're already good at, which is something yeah. that you hear a lot. And, and my <laughs> thought is definitely not. Your goal should be the thing that makes you feel alive so that you're going to have the energy to push and pursue and all that. Yeah. Um, all right. So more questions. Um this is from David Hutchinson. Tom um, was at Meltdown. Would love to talk about right. the issue of fixing healthcare. My question is, how can we all band together to bring nutrition and health back into fixing healthcare? Go. Yeah. Right so um, here it is. It we right now have a healthcare system that is designed around acute illness, which really is still a thing. There's no question. But the bigger problem that we're living through and that the healthcare system is not designed at all to handle is chronic illness. And the chronic illness almost certainly coming from diet and lifestyle and it's creating these a confluence of symptoms that we still try to treat as if each one were um, independent of everything else and they're actually all linked and they're all, ah, oh God, I'm not qualified to talk about this uh, so let me just preface that, but I nonetheless feel strongly, which is always dangerous when somebody is wholly unqualified to be making statements and they feel really passionate. Um, but I think that what we're going to find is diet is our biggest problem, but that things like, and I am not a crusader for this, but things like um, antibiotics and the meat and like, God, what residual effect does that have? And all of that, I think we're going to I am certainly, the more I learn about this, the more I realize I don't know, and then the more I realize like there is a, there is a real knock-on effect. Now, 
when I look at like antibiotics in your food is probably pretty low in the chain of things to worry about. Eating for pleasure is the number one problem. That's where people get mm. themselves in trouble. So eating things that just really taste good means it's gonna be high in carbs, high in sugar, like things that just throw you into metabolic chaos because like I don't put any effort whatsoever into asking whether or not my uh, beef is grass fed, asking whether or not um, there's antibiotics in my meat, things that are probably worse for you than the reverse. But when I look at all the biomarkers that we know how to measure right now, uh, when I just look at my overall function, my strength, um, aesthetics, all of that, like I'm in great shape. So I think it matters, but probably not that much. But the gut biome is the thing that freaks me out. And so when I start looking at, God, does antibiotics in the meat have a big knock-on effect? So anyway, th that's really getting sidestepped from the question. So you need a healthcare system that addresses chronic illness, which is coming from disruptions in our metabolic and endocrine systems, which are coming from a sedentary, a sedentary lifestyle coming from people eating based on pleasure and not sustenance. Uh, the food industry not at all focused on anything other than scale and profitability. And so we as consumers really have to vote with our dollars. And that was what I always wanted people to do at Quest, right? Like, hey, our goal is to make this stuff good mm. for you and tasty as hell. And so I think that the entire industry has to swing like that. Consumers have to, have to force them to do it. But the thing that scares me is, so I know a lot about this stuff and I'll still caveat everything. I don't know enough, like I shouldn't be making this. And when I'm saying that, like you just have a lot of people out there that really shouldn't be saying anything and they're saying a lot. So we need to find a way. Also stop penalizing people for making money. That's the one that scares me. The healthcare system, whatever it's going to end up being, has got to be profitable. So let's not get really fucking weird about Reward companies that you think, to the best of your knowledge, are making profit, doing something that actually helps people, okay? But don't get pissed that they're actually making money. That's so crazy to me. So we need to find a system that is both profitable and good for people. And I think right now we're struggling with that because when you're trying to change something from the inside, yikes. The thing that gives me um, the most excitement is heal, and I still think that's a far cry from, because you're still taking um, healthcare practitioners that are focused on uh, an acute symptom solution, um, sub prescription, acute symptom prescription approach to things instead of a more holistic, like understanding the microbiome and all of that stuff. Um, but it's, it's at least something that's sidestepping the current system. So we'll see. All right. Um, so we've got time for one more question. All right, let's do it. Um, so the one that I'm going to choose is, um, this one's from Ernesto Cellu. Hey brother, I talked with you a long time ago. I'm from Chile and I asked a question about when, about when you said, um, if I don't prioritize money, I will start to make money, but I actually don't know how to do that. Yeah, so this is going back to that earlier concept of a paycheck is not enslaving you. Like you need to, don't be beholden to the paycheck, but you need to understand the power of money, you need to understand the need to make money. So what I'm, I am not the guy saying money doesn't matter. Okay, let's be real fucking clear about that. I'm the guy saying make as much money as you can. Money will change your life. It is insanely powerful. It is the great facilitator. All the amazing things that you want to make come true in your life are going to come true because you're going to get access to resources. Now, what's the surest way to get access to resources? Get really fucking good at something that you can monetize. Okay? So now what I'm saying with that notion is don't lead with money. Like when you're really focused on money, it actually becomes way harder to obtain it because the way to really build something that's successful is to capture the imagination of the people that are gonna be on your team that are gonna help you build something. They're not gonna get super passionate about money. Not the right kind of person, not a team player, not somebody who really cares about somebody, other people, not somebody that leads with compassion. Like that just, it's not that type of person. So, and we live in a hyper-social, hyper-connected universe where world where people like if you really want to make an impact on people leveraging social media which I think is like the number one thing any business should be doing you're going to do that by caring about people by wanting to create value by doing something that they want to talk about by supercharging them like think about how many people slap on a t-shirt and that says craft right unless it's a reference you're to minecraft craft, craft foods, the foods oh. right basically zero so we get people that submit every day them wearing Impact 3 t-shirts, which 
is amazing. But yeah, they do that because cool. we've added value to their life, okay? Not because we're thinking how much can we sell the t-shirt for, but we do think about it, right? Like the t-shirts have to be profitable. It has to become a sustaining thing. So we think about it, but it's not what we lead with. So you want to lead with value creation and ideally in a way that is unique to you that nobody else could do. Like impact theory is a unique fingerprint of the people that make up the company. And if you were, I want to make sure this is a true statement. If you were to remove anybody from our company, the company would be fundamentally different and worse. And that is, like, that's the position you want to be in. You want to know that, like, I'm bringing my unique characteristics, the unique things that I'm pursuing, the unique skill set that I'm developing, the unique way that my mind works, the unique way that, like, the data that I choose to bring in, ideas in equal ideas out, right? Like, all the unique choices that I make about what data to bring into my already unique system. Like that's how this stuff gets interesting, but really focusing on value creation because, and this is just getting down to the physics of human beings. So if you focus on value creation, they're more likely to say something positive about you. That's how humans work. Two, the only thing that you can reliably sell over time is value because it's the thing that people want more than they want the money. And then they're not going to feel bamboozled at some point because you can market your way to short-term wins by literally tricking people into thinking that you've got something of value when really you don't. And that's where you run into real problems because it might work for a year, maybe even two, but ultimately people are gonna smell a rat. They're gonna start talking badly about your company. And so you're either in the game of constantly getting new customers, new customers, new customers, and I won't mention any, any people by name, but we certainly had at Quest worked with partners, that's their business model, new, 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 new. People that don't know enough to realize that they don't actually have a very compelling offering to make. and. I think that it's just not sustainable. Like you're you're on a treadmill. So if you really want to make progress, it's all it's, it has to be about. Given the physics of the human mind, it just has to be about value creation. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying focus on value creation, but in a business savvy way. So what's your opinion on the starving artist? Um, if they're just in a skill set acquisition phase, I think it's awesome. And I think knowing that there's a period where poverty is ab and and when I say poverty is okay, I mean the following: you can still get laid. What do you mean? At the end of the day, one of the like, and I use get laid to get people's attention to like have, uh, it starts with getting laid. It starts with sexual attraction. Like that just to get into a relationship, a partnership with somebody like when you're in your sort of, certainly your teens and on through sort of late-ish 20s, maybe a little bit earlier than that, um, you're not judged by the amount of money that you make. Like nobody really cares. Like if a 26 year old guy is dirt poor, but they can see that he's super ambitious. If uh, you know a 27 year old woman like is going hard, but like hasn't had the sort of worldly success yet, nobody really cares. Like they look at your ambition. They look at how hard you work. They look at what you're trying to accomplish. They look at like, are you compassionate and caring and bright? Like those are the things that they're gonna judge you on. Now when you're 45, and you still are struggling to make ends meet and your car is you know unreliable and it just then people start going like you need to get your life together they really do look at you in a different way and when they look at you in that way you've just got an extra hurdle to overcome i'm not saying you can't overcome it and i'm not saying that i would make a lot of decisions in my life based on that i'm gonna make all my decisions mm -hmm. based on what my goals are and what moves me right. towards my goals but i'm just saying I think having access to resources is very powerful, but I think that there's a period in your life where there's actually more powerful resources than just money. And so, and I think that nobody halts your access to that when you're young. Like, I don't look at an intern and go, well, like, you just haven't gotten your shit together. But if somebody comes to me and they're 45 and I'm looking at their resume and it's like dead end job after dead end job and like they've just never gotten it together, I do start to go, had a lot of time right. to get this together and you haven't. But so, what if someone doesn't care? What if you're 50 and all you love to do is crochet and you're like, oh my God, I sell mine, I barely make much profit, but I make just enough that I can pay for my gas, I can pay for the electricity, but all I care about is crocheting. So even though it's not... Um, you ready for the answer you're not expecting? Yeah. That's so fucking dangerous. Why? Like that is absolutely Why? irresponsible. What happens when you get sick? You said you're making enough just to pay your electricity. Now what? You get sick, you're laid up, you're in a car accident, six months. Um, you 
don't realize, but you're living in accommodations that has toxic mold, and now you have a six-month mental rehabilitation process because it actually is causing you to show signs of early dementia. Now what? You can't afford to move anywhere else. You can't afford to not be crocheting for six months or whatever it is that you're doing. It's like, I get it, but there are just realities of life to be faced. Truth. Like, anybody that's living paycheck to paycheck, that's so fucking dangerous. Like, you need that's to get out of that mode as fast as you can. I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm not saying I judge you for it. I'm just saying it's fucking dangerous. And so, putting yourself in that position, it just isn't smart. Meaning, it doesn't, like, do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. If your goal is to, like, never know where your next meal is coming from, awesome, you've done it. But I'm guessing that's not your goal. Like most people don't wanna live there. And the people with the strongest home base, the people that need to worry the least about that stuff are the people that go on to do the greatest shit. Like, I mean, what if you wanna go help people? But you can't because you can't afford to fucking take even a week to go build houses in Peru. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. homie, like you can't help others unless you help yourself first. Like you need a strong base from which to go do amazing shit. That, that, is, that is the truth of the world. Now, there are, uh, Hey, give me examples. Mother Teresa Gandhi. Awesome. I'm glad you brought them up. Thank you very much. Like, those are people that had the ability to so captivate other people's attention that they never had to worry about it. Look at Martin Luther King Jr., right? The number of people he was able to get rallied around him. So, like, the congregation is going to help him a lot. They're going to, because they want something from him. The value that he is delivering to them is so powerful that he's able to galvanize these people around him. So like the helping other people is exactly what he's monetizing, maybe in very non-traditional ways. But like that's somebody who barring like really making a misstep and now your congregation turns their back on you, like they're they're gonna have people there because because of the just overwhelming amount of value. Mother Teresa, not only did she live a lifestyle where she was just way okay being below the poverty line, but she was also part of a church that's gonna make sure that they take care of her. She's out there delivering so much. But it like wow, when I say that it is a narrow band of people that have not only the um, the just guiding principle to be able to go help people like that, but to be able to have the charisma to capture the attention of people that just aren't gonna let you fall. And you've gotta be honest with yourself about whether or not you're one of those people. And if you are, it's amazing. But like if you're hyper introverted and you don't wanna go out into the world like that, like you, you have to be honest about what your situation is. And are you putting yourself in a position where it is super dangerous for you to be living paycheck to paycheck like that? Or have you set yourself up, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., where people are going to rally around you that you've got an economic system that lets you have a house and all those things that, you know. So would you say protect yourself from the worst case scenario? I mean, always, always protect against your downside, for sure. But I just think that there's just like simple realities to be faced. There's, there's just precious few Mother Teresas in the world that are gonna be okay begging for, and now I'm sort of mixing references, but there are certain monks that beg for their dinner every day to remind themselves of humility and all that. Just precious few people that are gonna fall into that camp. Yeah. The reason why I ask that is because not everybody's just looking for like incredible wealth. They're looking for like, I love doing this so much that even if it doesn't bring me tons of money, I'm still, I still wanna do it and willing to do it. Yeah, I'm not a guy that, I don't think most people shouldn't pursue tremendous wealth. It's just there's the thing that they love that makes them come alive isn't monetizable like that. Great. No beef with that. Know thyself. Know thyself. All right. All right that's what so we've got I think time we're at for. the end. We are. That's probably good because we're getting our low battery warning. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed these questions. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Be legendary. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.